It's a good thing to come to the house of the Lord to join faith with the brethren and to fellowship with one another and more importantly with our Lord Almighty. Bible talks about the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. So what we're doing is fellowshipping with the Lord, fellowshipping with one another. And there is an achievement in such an atmosphere greater than you would have achieved as an individual if you were staying home mm. in the comfort of your bedroom. Hallelujah. So thank you for coming to church. Thank you too. And thank you for coming from far and near. Those of us who came from very far, I believe with all my heart that God will speak to us today. Amen. And God will enlighten our understanding as to what to do with his word. God has spoken to us concerning the month of November that is the month of the blood of Jesus Christ. And last Sunday, those of us who were here, we actually established our confidence mm. in the blood of Jesus. Jesus. We discovered that regardless of how many times the enemy resists the will of God, and chooses not to give up, when it comes to the blood, he has no choice than to give up. Are you there? Yes. And that is where our confidence is. But bear in mind that in Revelation chapter 12 verse 11, which will be our concluding verse today, we are told that they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their, of their testimony. And mm. they loved not their lives, Unto the death. In other words, even when death, I mean, when they were faced to face with death and they were threatened with death and they were commanded to give up their faith, other than that they would die, they still gave themselves to death, knowing that even in death they were more than conquerors. Hallelujah. What was that kind of strength and confidence that could make a people to give themselves to death knowing that absent from the body is present with the Lord. Hallelujah. What, what was that basis? Apart from the blood of Jesus, the Bible says, and the word of their testimony. And that is where the Lord gave me, I knew we were going to talk about testimony today and I know some people will share their testimony today. Mm. But I didn't know even the title, but somewhere in the course of the week, the Lord gave me the title, It's Your Time to Testify. Amen. But even when I had the title, I still didn't know what the content of the message was going to be. It happens. Even this time is better. But it happens. There are times where God will give a topic, but he will not give you the message. And there are times he will give you the message without a topic. But I remember some years ago, I could be sent to go and preach with no topic, no message. And that's the most difficult one. It is like a lecturer going to lecture without having any notes or knowing what to go and say. But the good thing about God is that in those times, anytime I stood by the pulpit, the message would just come. Hallelujah. But glory be to God, when God gave me the title, it's time to testify in the course of the week. 
I want to ask myself, and maybe those who have that kind of experience, how come that many times God speaks to us more intimately when you are alone in either the bathroom or the washroom or when, how does it happen? Because for me, that's my experience. When, when in, in my lowest moment, that is when he would, he would just give the word. Just in the flash of, you know, an understanding, you will just quicken about 10 scriptures to just put together that this is the message. It happens to me. Anybody with that experience? Anybody with that experience? Is there any reason why? Probably it is because, yes, Moses, you want to answer? That's the natural way man was created. That was the natural way man was created. I would say Adam's time. No. You are without clothes. So. <laughs> <laughs> Look at Moses saying that Adam's time there was no clothes. It's true, eh? Auntie Celestine is saying it's true. I'm tempted to believe that it is at that moment you have nothing to hide. You are yourself. You know how I'm in suit. Who knows how many things I'm hiding under the suit? True or not true? All of us are nice, beautiful, handsome, perfumed with a nice atmosphere. But how many of us know the many things that we have covered up today or made up to make up and cover? Some probably had to look for some coin somewhere under some carpet and put together so that it would transport them halfway the journey and the rest of the journey they will walk back, I mean they walk to church. And they will come with makeup and you will never know that even going back home, there is no food to eat. Am I communicating? Yeah. So, it's possible that in your lowest moment where you are naked before God, you are yourself. So at that moment, he can talk to you easily. And that is most of the times, most of the times, I must confess. And it comes, just a flash of a vision, I'll just pick all the scriptures. And then I just know that this is what God is saying. So that is how the message was given. Though I had the title, it's your time to testify. And I believe after this message, some people who have testimonies will come and use their testimonies as a weapon. They will share their testimony and use it as a weapon to overcome more. Hallelujah. So for us to go into, it's your time to testify. And indeed, it's your time to testify. Can you tell your number? It's your time to testify. Alright. Psalm 19 verse 7. I'm using the King James Version of the Bible today. Psalm 19 verse 7. From Psalm 19 7 downwards the psalmist that's David started describing the various names of the word of God. There are various names or themes that describe the word of God. The first one in Psalm 19 verse 7, he calls it the law of the Lord. And then the second one is the testimony of the Lord. Verse 8, he talks about the statutes of the Lord. And in the same verse 8, he talks about the commandment of the Lord. Verse 9, he talks about the fear of the Lord. That is one name. For the word of God. The fear of the Lord. And then. 
on and on and on. He said, more to be desired are day than gold, verse 10, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. So we have various names for the word of God according to Psalm 19, verse 7. But my emphasis is the second line in verse 7. David said, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. Then he said, the testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. Somebody say, the testimony of the Lord is sure. The testimony of the Lord is sure. Can you say that again? The testimony of the Lord is sure. All right. Bear in mind, he didn't say the testimony of the believer, the testimony of the Christian, the testimony of the brethren. He's saying the testimony of the Lord. It is sure. The Hebrew word translated sure is, is reliable. It is trusty. I never knew there was a word called trusty until I checked and I noticed that it's also, it also has a synonym, trustworthy. It is reliable, trusty, trustworthy, dependable. That's God's word. It is called the testimony of the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, for us to appreciate today's message, it's your time to testify. I want us to connect Psalm 19 verse 7b to Revelations chapter 19, the verse 10. Revelations 19 verse 10. Bear in mind the testimony of the Lord is reliable, is dependable, it is trusty, it is trustworthy, it is sure. So Psalm 9, Revelations rather, 19, the verse 10 gives us another picture. Here, John, the revelator, is recounting his experience with the angel that showed him all the visions from Revelation chapter 1. Apparently, that angel was a man. Are you there? Uh, from the verse 10, we're going to read, apparently, that angel was a man. In verse 10 of Revelation 19, John said, And I fell at his feet to worship him. And he said unto me, See thou do it not. Don't do that. I am thy fellow servant. Please, are you seeing that? So the one that was showing the visions to John was a fellow servant. He was also a man. I am thy fellow servant and of thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. So in other words, I am one of the brethren. So don't worship me. Any entity that accepts worship other than Jesus knows that, I mean, know that that entity is an imposter. It's a demon. Hallelujah. If that personality comes from God, he will never accept worship except Jesus. All right. That's just by the way. Then look at what the, the person that John wanted to worship told John. He says that, I am thy fellow servant and of thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. Then he said, worship God. Anyone you meet that wants to accept worship and will not point worship to God, know that it's another spirit that is working. Is that okay? So the person told him, worship God. Then he said, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. 
ever heard that statement before? The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. What does that mean? Because if we get the meaning of this statement, then we can understand Psalm 19 verse 7b. We learned in Psalm 19, 7b that the testimony of the Lord is sure. It is reliable. It is dependable. It does not fail. In fact, another word is it is faithful. It's faithful. It's trustworthy. You can count on that testimony, which is the word of God. And here we find in Revelations 19, 10, that the testimony of Jesus Take note, Jesus is the Lord, right? So when he says the testimony of the Lord in Psalm 19, verse 7, he's talking about the testimony of Jesus. And he says the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. What does that mean? If you get that, then you understand Revelations 12, 11, which says, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. What does it mean when scripture says that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy? Spirit is from two words, whether Hebrew or Greek. The Hebrew word is ruach. And then the Greek word is pneuma. P-N-E-U-M-A. Pneuma. Both ruach and pneuma mean the same thing. It is also translated wind. Someone say Wind. I'm trying to break it down so you get what God wants us to do with his testimony, his word. The testimony of Jesus is the wind of prophecy. It is the spirit of prophecy. It is the ruach of prophecy. It is the pneuma of prophecy. What does that mean? In other words, God is saying that the testimony of Jesus is meant to move us because wind moves. Is that okay? I'll show you a scripture very soon. The wind of God is meant to move us. God's wind moves us and it, it moves us to use our tongue to either foretell or foretell. That's tell forth. Prophecy has two major branches. Foretelling and forth telling. Someone say foretelling and forth telling. What is foretelling? To foretell means to predict something before it happens. Most of the prophecies in the Old Testament were foretelling. In other words, they foretold things to come. And many of them have happened already. All that Jesus came to accomplish, for instance, were foretold. That was prophecy. Then there's another dimension of prophecy which is to foretell or tell forth, to speak forth, to take a word and say the same thing in power. Please, are you following? So, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy, means that the testimony of Jesus, which is the testimony of the Lord, according to Psalm 19, verse 7, is meant to move us until. We now use our tongue to say the same thing. You've got to be able to get a testimony out of God's testimony. That's all that the scripture is saying. 
You've got to be able to derive your testimony from God's testimony because they overcame him by the blood of a lamb and not by the testimony of the Lord. Not by the testimony of Jesus, but by their, by the word of their testimony. Please are you there? They overcame him by the blood of a lamb and by the word of their testimony. Meaning that they got a testimony from God's testimony and they spoke forth those testimonies. In the midst of death, facing death, they had words they were speaking that could make them not to even be afraid of death. They could overcome death because they had the blood of a lamb at their disposal and they also had the word of their testimony. But your testimony, my testimony, must be based on God's testimony. And he says the testimony of Jesus is the wind, is the spirit of prophecy. The testimony of Jesus is meant to move us. If you study God's word, if you read God's word, if you meditate on God's word, and it does not come out of your lips, ultimately, you haven't achieved God's goal yet, for you yet. Are you there? Okay. Let me give an example. In Joshua chapter 1 verse 8, which is a very popular verse of scripture, the scripture says, this book of the law shall not depart out of your head, shall not depart out of your heart, shall not depart out of your brain. Is that what he said? It shall not depart out of where? Your mouth. Why? Because God's ultimate goal about his word, which is his testimony, is that the testimony must be vocalized. It must be spoken forth. It must be foretold. It must be issued out. It must come forth out of your mouth. Mind you, when scripture was describing our armor, amongst the armor, the armor of the Christian, the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation, the belt of truth, the shoes of the preparation of the gospel of peace, the shield of faith, one armor God gave us is the sword of the spirit. Not the Holy Spirit, please. I've explained this in this house before. It's the sword of the recreated spirit, the born again spirit. Then it says, which is the rima, which is the word of God. The rima of God is the word that is spoken out of your mouth. If we are going to overcome in this end time, in these last days, we've got to learn to testify based on God's testimony. Hallelujah. It's your time to testify. But if you don't know that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy, you will read God's word. You will study God's word. You will meditate on God's word. But if you don't learn to take God's, I mean, take your testimony from God's testimony and issue it out, you may still be stranded spiritually and the enemy will be having a holiday. Okay, 2 Peter chapter 1. Let me show you a scripture. 2 Peter 1. Still buttressing on the testimony of Jesus in the spirit of prophecy. 2 Peter 1, 19 through 21. Peter told us something. All right. Second Peter chapter 1 from 19 through 21. He said, we have also a more, I'm reading from the King James Version of the Bible. We have also a more sure word of prophecy. Please, did you see the word sure there? Do you remember Psalm 19 verse 7? The testimony of the Lord is what? 
is sure. So Peter is speaking from that revelation and he says, we have also, or we also have a more sure word of prophecy whereunto ye do well that ye take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. One day I can teach on that. Verse 20. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in all time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake, that's the King James, or they spoke as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Did you see that? Holy men of God... Prophecy did not come in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were what? Moved by the Holy Ghost. How did that happen? That is the testimony of Jesus, which is the wind, which is the rima, I'm sorry, which is the pneuma, the Greek word translated spirit, I told you, is pneuma. It is the wind of prophecy, meaning that God's testimony must move you until you also begin to testify based on his testimony. He says, holy men spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. They spoke. When God's testimony moves you, it it gives you the basis of the right confession. I'm going to show you a scripture very soon that actually explains or encapsulates all that I'm saying so far. Holy men of God moved. They spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. It's a prophecy did not come in old time by the will of man. They did not just get up and start prophesying. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. It's the spirit of vocalization. Let me put it that way. Prophecy must be spoken forth. It must be foretold. It must be issued out. The tongue is the catapult of the human armory. Your tongue serves as a trigger. How many have used a gun before? If you don't issue out the word, nothing happens. You can use all the armor. The only armor amongst our armory is the, I mean the armor that is for offense is the sword. All the other armor I mentioned are for defense. Helmet is to defend you. Is that not so? Breastplate is to defend you. Shield of faith to defend you. Belt of truth is to hold both the lower garment and the upper garment together. The shoes to defend your feet. But the only armor for offense is the sword. So until the child of God learns to use his or her tongue to issue out a word based on God's word, to issue out a testimony based on God's testimony, chances are that you will not overcome. Meanwhile, we overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. Not God's testimony. The testimony of the Lord is sure. So you know that it is dependable. If you can get your testimony from God's testimony, you know that it will work. Hallelujah. Because it is sure. It is reliable. It's trustworthy. It's trusty. It is faithful. Therefore, based on that testimony, you can get your testimony and speak it forth and it will show forth. Hallelujah. The scripture I'm talking about is Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5 and 6. A very familiar verse. Two verses of scripture in the Bible. Hebrews 13, 5 and 6. Let me read that. So we cannot practicalize our message and we'll allow some people to share their testimony. Hebrews 
chapter 13. All right, verse 5 and 6. Let your conversation, the King James says conversation, that is your behavior, your manner of life, be without covetousness. In other words, don't live your life, hey, I wish I were like this person. Oh, if I were like this brother, me too, I would have, I wish I were living here. God says that is not the way to get your heart desire granted. For you to see your life moving in the, in the will of God and living the life of faith, your life, your manner of life, your conversation should not be with covetousness. So let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as ye have. Bible says godliness with contentment is great gain. Are you there? Be content with settings as ye have. Then he said, for he has said. The new King James says, for he himself has said. Please take note. That's God's testimony. You're going to see God's testimony in verse 5. He has said. What is God's testimony? He says, I will never Karabalatos pratayas. I like this word because it is God talking here. If it is man, he may change his mind. Are you there? If it was, this is God's testimony. Mind you, in Psalm 19, verse 7, we saw that the word of God is called the testimony of the Lord, and it is sure. So if God says, I will never, it simply means I will never. But if man says, I will never, come on. When it matters most, he will change his mind. Man can say, I do. And then when he is face to face with so-called reality, he will say, I don't. I changed my mind. But thank God, God's word is sure, is reliable, is trustworthy. So we can depend on that word. He says, for he has said, he himself has said, I will never. I don't know. I don't know whether you saw the word never. It's so strong there. He said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. That's God's testimony. Now, the question is, okay, God has given his testimony. It is his word. But we do not overcome by the word of God's testimony. We do not overcome by the testimony of the Lord. We do not overcome by the testimony of Jesus. Remember, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Meaning that the testimony of God we just read is meant to move you. Until you two now begin to have your testimony. And you speak it forth as a prophecy. Please, are you getting my message? So, the, the writer, Apostle Paul, in Hebrews 13 did not stop at verse 5. He says, for he has said, God has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Then verse 6 says, so that, did you see that? The phrase so that, meaning it is implied upon the previous statement. In other words, you've got to get your testimony from God's testimony. Every time you read God's word, you are looking for something that will move you also to say something. If you read God's word and it does not move you to use your mouth to 
create your future, you haven't, you haven't, you are just studying newspaper. God's word is meant to be vocalized. God's word is meant to be used as a sword. He has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee so that we may not just say, but boldly say. It's not just saying, oh, I, I know that. No, it's a boldly say. So that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man shall do unto me. So based on God's testimony, the man had a testimony. It's your time to testify. I said, it's your time to testify. Based on God's testimony, he could have a testimony and he vocalize it so that we may boldly say. In other words, you can also put your name and say, so that I may boldly say, ah, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man shall do to me. The New King James puts it this way. He said, I will not fear what shall man do to me. Whichever way is the same. I will not fear. It's your time to testify. Do you have a testimony? Where did you get a testimony from? From God's testimony. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. That's why I said that when we were singing that song, Great are you, Lord. You are greatly to be praised. Greatly to be praised. Father, you reign. It's a scripture. I hope you know that. That's God's testimony. The psalmist wrote and said, Great are you, Lord, and greatly to be praised. Now, God's testimony says he is great and greatly to be praised. Now, we pick from that testimony and we make it a melody. And we are saying, Great are you, Lord. You are greatly to be praised. We were, we were testifying in melody. Sometimes some people come here and say that before I share my testimony, I want to sing. I hope you know that. You can use your testimony in melody and that's okay. So our life as Christians is actually supposed to be testifying every day. Every day you have a testimony in God's word that becomes your testimony and you must speak it forth. You want your life to make progress? You want to move from A to B? To C, to Z, and to, to end well, learn to derive your testimony from God's testimony. He has said, and forever his word is settled in heaven. I hope you know that. He will not change his mind. If it was man, he may change his mind. Bible says, God is not a man to lie. Neither the son of man to repent. The word repent means to change his mind. He does not change his mind. He does not change his mind. Bible says in James, in him, in, 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 in whom is no variableness. That's the King James. Not a shadow of turning. It was only on Friday, Prophet Manasseh was preaching. I was in the meeting and he explained that verse. I love it so much. It means that, you see, when it comes to the sun, the sun, the physical sun is supposed to give light continually. But somewhere in the solar system, the moon can intercept the path of sun. Then we have what we call eclipse. The covering of the sun. But when it comes to God, there is no eclipse. Nothing can cover the rays of God's sun. Bible calls him the sun of righteousness. Nothing can eclipse the rays of his sun. 
in whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. In other words, there's no eclipse. You can depend on God's word. Hallelujah. You can rely on God's word. You can take your testimony from his testimony. If he said, I will never leave you, believe it and tell yourself. You see, this is somebody's testimony. He says, I will not fear what man shall do to me. What will be your testimony based on the same testimony? He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. What will be your testimony? That's somebody's rima, and you put it there, verse 6 of Hebrews 13. What will be your rima? I'm asking somebody, tell me. If God tells you, I will never leave you nor forsake you, what can you say and say boldly based on what God has said? Anybody? Yes, Prince. God is my protector at all times, whether in difficult moments or in happiness. He is my shield and my protector. Why? Because he says, I will never leave you, nor forsake you. So, such a testimony, you get up in the morning, and in the face of daunting situations where you feel like you're about to drown, you just tell yourself, God is my protector. He is my shield and my buckler. He is my right hand man. He is my defense. He is my standby. He is a very present help in time of trouble. He will never leave me. Therefore, I will not fear. I love that. Anybody? Based on God's testimony. He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. There's another testimony even in Matthew 28 verse 20, which is even more powerful. Matthew 28 20 is even more powerful than Hebrews 13 5, I'm telling you. Can I read that verse? I want us to just, I want somebody to just derive your testimony based on God's testimony. This is Jesus talking just before he left the earth to heaven. Look at his words in Matthew 28. Matthew 28. Some people sing from that verse and then they sing it wrongly. But you will see something in Matthew 28. You will see that Jesus didn't say, I will. He actually said, I am. And the two are not the same. If I say I will be with you, it's even from I am with you. I will be with you is a promise. I am with you is a certainty. It's a present tense reality and nothing can change it. Matthew 28 verse 20. This is just before Jesus Christ ascended to heaven. Wow. The last verse actually. In 19 he says, in fact from 18 and Jesus came Please, let me take 17. You will see something. Never get worried when people don't believe in Jesus. This is the man who rose from the dead. Verse 17 says, And Jesus came and spoke unto them, saying, All power is given. No, verse 17. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. <laughs> Did you hear that? Some doubted. They saw the man, Philip, Philip. I still said, Oh, no, no, it's not him. Oh, forget it. This one is the, he's a someone, someone in the web. Even when the man was face to face with they doubted. So is it your time that when people doubt, you should, you should worry yourself? Pray for them. Some people doubted. They saw Jesus. Others were worshipping. Oh, others said, oh, it's not true. Some doubted. Okay, that's just by the way. Verse 18. And Jesus came and spoke unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, which is going to happen on the 6th of December. 
Those who are not yet baptized in water. Verse 20. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo. Come on. What is the word? What is the meaning of the word lo? Lo means what? Lo. L-O. L-O. Lo. T-O-2. S-O-S-O. Lo. Lo means what? Sure. Behold. Say take note. I want you to mark this one. That's what he's saying. And lo, he wants us to mark something. And lo, I am. He didn't say I will. I am with you always. The King James says always. Always means all the way. All the way. In the valley. In the water. On the mountain top. In the fire. Wherever you might have found yourself, or you may find yourself, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Then he, the, the writer wrote, Amen. I love that. That's the end of the book of Matthew. Now, please, this is Jesus talking here. The man himself. The testimony of Jesus is what? The spirit of prophecy. So, the man comes to you and says, and lo, say, take note, I am with you. And he never tells lies. I hope you know that. He is God. And he does not change his mind. So if he says, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world, that is of the end of this age, what will you say? And what can you say out of this boldly? He didn't say, I will be with you. I will be with you is a promise. But I am with you means that I'm not alone. Who, who can help us? I want us to end with this one. It's your time to testify. So learn to testify based on God's testimony. Some people say, Man, I don't have any testimony. But there are a lot of testimonies you can derive from God's testimony. Mr. Allah, you want to talk? I am with you. He says, lo, behold, take note, sure. Yes. I am with you always. Even unto the end of the world. Yes. I learned to say something mm-hmm. when it once about Jesus says with all his promises. It's not says, a promise though. It's a present tense reality. Yes. Promise is something that will come in the future. But this one he says I am. I am with you. Let the church say amen. Amen means all. He is with you. Okay. Let's listen to Reverend. Thank you. You have, you have attempted. You have done something. Clap for him in a way. Let the church say, Amen. I am with you. Hey, Karabarandaras. Somebody will live here having a confidence in Jesus. You just know that the man never told the life. He says, I am. What will you say, Pastor? My Lord is with me. Yes, sir. Thus, I am more than a conqueror. Amen. And all things shall work together for my good. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Put your hands together for Reverend Sutherland. That's beautiful. Anybody else? I, I am just showing you how to, when you get up in the morning and there's no food on your table and when there is no money for you to even transport yourself to church and you don't know where the next money is going to come from to pay the next bill and when it looks like all oh, your your it's like your house is about to be mortgaged eh? and they're about to sell your house and pay your your bills. You took some loan and you've run into debt and interest have accrued. And you just know that you're finished. 
And then you remember that the man said, Lo, I am with you. Always, even to the end of the world. What will be your testimony? Our sister. Yes. I love that. My God is with me. Yes. Till the end of the world. Yes. It is finished. Hallelujah. Did you hear that? It is finished. That's her testimony. It is finished. In other words, Satan, you are finished. That thing that is seeking to eat you up, please, if you don't talk, it will eat you up. Some of us make a mistake. Do you know what we do? What we do rather is that, God, help me. Oh. That is like a child who doesn't know his or her rights. What we are doing today is learning how to talk. As we mature, we've got to learn how not to say, God, do it when he has already done it. There's a difference between God. So when will you now do it? See me, I'm in the fire. If Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had done that, I'm sure the fire would have consumed them. Mm. I am sure you want to talk, lady. You don't want to talk. The way you are smiling. Yes, let's hear from... Um, what's the name? Mabel. Mabel. Yes. I have confidence in my God. My God is with me always. He has not created me a sickler, so I'll never be sick. I'll not be sick until the end of the world. He will heal me. That's her testimony based on her experience. He's not created me a sickler. He says he was with me. How can Jesus be with me and sickness also be with me? Are you there? That's a testimony. I love that. And remember, he says, so that we may what? Boldly say. When you say it and it looks like the thing is still eating you up, you say it until your worst, your worst, your worst take over the storm. Look, the storms of life are real. Are you there? Can I say that again? The storms of life, they are real. They are meant to drown us. When the Bible says, when the enemy shall come in like a flood. The you spirit think, of the Lord. What, what do you think he's coming to do? What do you think Satan is coming in like a flood to do? To drown, to drown you. So he does not take it kindly. I mean, um, he, how do I put it? He does not, he is not joking. He is coming in to drown you. And you are face to face with a storm that is about to drown you. And you are saying, Radia Buamio, God help me. Hey, it, you will get drowned. And when you get to heaven, God will tell you that I didn't teach you to say, Radia Buamio, in the midst of the storm, remember, I am with you. So you can stand your ground and say, This storm, it will pass over me. Amen. Or rather, you can use Jesus' words, Peace, be still. Anybody? Male, female, yes, I like it. Oh, Mr. Grant wants to talk. Today, it means that some pastors will be raised in this house. Come on. Give. Okay, let's hear any, any. All right, let's hear from Mr. Grant. I, at least I mentioned his name first. I know that my God is with me. I know it, my God is with me. Even to the end of the world. Yes. So, no matter the circumstances, Victory will be my portion. Hallelujah. And in fact, you can even say victory is my portion. When you say will be, you have put it into the future. It is my portion. It is now. If it's with me now, then it is my portion. I'm not going down. I'm not going down. Learn to talk, brethren. Learn to use your tongue. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. In other words, the testimony of God's word should move you to vocalize something. When you get up in the morning and you don't know what to do, find God's testimony and use it as your testimony. For they overcame him by the blood of a lamb and by the word of their testimony. Somebody say amen. amen. Let's hear from Nieni. God is faithful. Well, my 
will have to do with in love of my business and what God saw me through. Everybody needs your experience, so yeah. it's okay. Somebody talk, spoke about uh, sickness, yeah. your business. You know, uh, for the past seven to eight months now, my old side began to have some litigation. And uh, the owner of the land is in the UK. And they left the land in his brother's charge. And one of us said, so they were the one I went to meet and I paid the money to them. So they sent every document and then charged me to them. But quite unfortunately, they spent all the money without giving one city to the land owner. So the man came down to Ghana and found out the place has fastly been developed. So he came saying he wants his land back. Everybody should benefit from the land. So I have this prayer within me. I always used to say, you know, it's in the Bible, wherever, whatever you lay your hands shall be blessed and whatever you set your foot shall be yours. So I said, I keep saying that prayer within me, wherever I set my foot is mine. Nobody can take it from me. Wherever I step my foot is mine. So the man sent some words to the site to come and stop everybody. So the words came and they went to my court. I was like, hey, this man, NS, is very troublesome. You know, this boundary, let's take it out. So they circled my boundary that nobody should stop anybody working over there. The other portion, they keep terrorizing everybody over there. So I even gave land to some people uh, last week when they were digging their foundation. The people came there to stop them. They mentioned my name. Bye-bye. Why? Because you have been declaring that once I've stepped foot here, it's my portion. Nobody can take it. Hallelujah. Have you seen that? Listen, the world is ruled with what? Words. Never forget that. This world is ruled by words. So if you are not saying anything, chances are that Satan can say some things over you. If you clear a a portion of land and you don't sow any seed, something will still grow. It's not weeds. So if you are if you are in this congregation, if you are a Christian and you don't learn to testify based on God's testimony, the essence of today's message is just to let everybody know that even when you have not seen any dramatic change in your life, the word of God is his testimony. You must get your testimony from that testimony and use it to overcome. Then you can come and share the testimony here. Hallelujah. Can I give the room for people who want to, at least, uh, near his own is a testimony in a way. He has shared a testimony that somebody who owns a property, not knowing he paid the money to siblings of that person, and everybody paid to those siblings, and they squandered the money without the owner himself getting even a penny. So when he came, of course, if you were, it was you and me, we would have also done the same thing. Please, I'm taking my land back. Get out of here. And he has been clearing everybody. But because he has been declaring some things over the land, those words have attracted angels who have positioned themselves around that portion of the land. Said that if you are clearing everybody, they get to his own and say, this one is troublesome. It's not because he's troublesome. It's because there are some angels that will trouble you based on what he has spoken over the land. Others will also use other powers. But thank God that the light overcomes darkness. Others use, you see, the danger about using the power of darkness is that eventually you yourself will be plunged in darkness. Are you there? Those who believe that, oh, eh, they say it in ever. I like the ever portion. How do you say it? Let it come. Everyone come and help me. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like that. Please say it again. Yes. Hosevide Bovide. Did you say Hosevide Bovide? Put 
put your hands together. I like, I like the ever phrase. It's like, oh, oh, now the No, you can't use darkness to unwrap darkness. You know what I said? You can't use darkness to unwrap darkness. That was a message, Prince. I'll talk to you when we close. That was a message I got in the night when I was praying. I said, you can't use darkness to unwrap darkness. So if God says that he will give you Isaiah 45, the treasures of darkness, it means that you as a light must unwrap the darkness. But if you're going to use darkness to unwrap that darkness, eventually you'll be plunged in darkness and a curse may come upon you. You may get the treasure, but you'll be in darkness. What's the video? Of Hallelujah. Oh, I like the phrase. It's so sweet. Who has a testimony? Now, I want to, based on all that we have shared, I am sure some of us have overcome already and you have a testimony to share. I know, uh, Joseph, you told me that you have a testimony, right? Joseph has overcome so many things. Thank you, Auntie B, the princess coming with your brother, Joseph. Thank you. 